Story number one, Humans Are Weird, Not Hiding, written by Betty Adams. Why are you hiding, friend Steve? Thrustoff asked where he's poised his shelf over the human. Human friend Steve started with profanity and jerked away from the wall that he'd been pressed against. I'm not hiding, human friend Steve insisted. His striped skin flashed brilliant colors in turn as his blood flow altered. Really? Thrustoff asked. I thought that posture and your relationship to the local environment indicated an attempt to concealment. I will have to... Maybe I was hiding a little bit. The human friend Steve admitted, rubbing his primary grappling appendage over his face, sending the colorful stripes there rippling. I didn't mean it to be hiding. I was just, uh, an instinctive reaction to some threat. Thruster passed as his voice going flat and unease made him lose control of his ability to generate sound. Not a threat, human friend Steve said with a resigned sigh. The human angled his core mass to his sensory concentration. His head was aimed around the corner. Just avoiding another human, human friend Steve confessed. Is there a dispute between you two? Thrustup asked, adding a concern to his voice. No, no, human friend Steve said, adding a gesture with his primary gripping appendage, that the idea was so far from the truth that it outright dismissed and not brought it up again. We're fine. Really, it's just that I was up a little late last night, and I don't want to be struck next to the chatterbox till the coffee kicks in. Chatterbox? Twas thunder, asked after a pause. Human friend Madeline, human friend Steve explained, she talks a lot, and she has a kind of high-pitched voice. It doesn't bother me when I'm properly rested, but when I'm still groggy. He waved a gripping appendage in a gesture of generic confirmation. Thrustup considered this. Why are you hiding then, he asked. I'm not hiding, human friend Steve protested again. Not really. I just don't want to hurt Maddie's feelings, so I'm waiting to go for the coffee pot until she goes out to the gardens. How would you hurt her feelings, Thrustup asked, by refusing to listen to what she is saying. The human friend Steve explained as he preened around the corner again. Will not your hiding from her even hurt her feelings the same way, Thrustup asked. She won't know about it if people keep quiet. Human friend Steve muttered. Do you wish me to stop talking? Thrustup asked. Or I can lower the pitch of my voice. Human friend Steve loosened and let his broad, bony surface of his head slap against the wall. I need coffee for this conversation, he groaned. End of story number one. Story number two. Angels. Written by Cal Wallace. It was our fault. We'd been trying to cure terminal illness for our species. It was supposed to eliminate disease from our genes, allow us to grow older, add but age slower, to increase our strength and intelligence. The first mistake came in the labs. We were warned by the tertiary council of the risks, the dangers inherent in messing with DNA. But very building blocks of our being, but uh, we ignored them. Their promise of a better life for our children had their children to achieve a state of near immortality, to rise and take our place amongst the great space-faring races that controlled the stars, was too great. The technician merely dropped a flask containing proto-genetic chemicals that were to be a base of our salvation, a simple case of their protective clothing being slightly wet. Condensation, perhaps. We don't know. The chemical interacted almost instantly upon touching the air, changing and vaporizing almost immediately. The room was sterile and airtight. The technician died quickly, 
and painfully. That should have been all the warning we needed. The room was purged, and a new effort was made to achieve a stability the chemical would need. Months passed, teams of scientists across the globe working tirelessly, day in and day out. We moved to a biological trials, started small, bacteria, microbes. The effects were immediate, and were exactly as we'd hoped. The organisms showed an extended life cycle, limited aging, and increased metabolism. We moved on to larger creatures, domestic animals, livestock. Aside from some limited cases of stress, the creatures all exhibited the same traits as the microorganisms did. We clapped ourselves to the back, congratulated one another over the expensive flasks of alcohol. We moved to the final trials the next day. The adult male was roughly average in size and weight, nothing interesting in his backstory, no previous convictions, no history of drug or alcohol abuse, no records of medication use, and no history of mental health issues. A perfect tabula rasa for us to try and save our species with. We proceeded to administer the serum intravenously, and we had before with the animals, had waited. We kept him calm, sedated, and observed closely. After approximately two hours, we noticed changes in his heart rate. It slowed. His metabolism quickened. Things appeared to be going well. He then began to sweat profusely, and at the rate that we were struggling to rehydrate him, even with the main line directly into his vein. Within an hour, his heart rate had suddenly spiked. The sedation wore off. He woke up and violently attacked one of the medical doctors. Tore a throat out with his teeth. There was so much blood. A security team came in. I'd never seen anyone take a round before at all. They shot him over fifty times. He managed to scratch one guard and break the arm of another before they took him down. When we studied the corpse, we noticed some very odd things. His blood had thickened, his cells had reproduced like cancer, increasing their density and making him unstable, almost necrotic. His pupils had contracted, and all the fine capillaries had burst, presumably due to the semi-coagulated blood. We were going to open him up, examine his brain, but an alarm called us away. An emergency code blue. Several of us ran to the source of the alarm, but... Uh, it spread quickly. Within the first hour, the entire medical center had been infected. In a day, it had spread to the entire district. Whole towns fell, and the military attempts to quarantine utterly failed. I barely escaped with my life. Uh, we... Uh, never mind. We had accidentally unleashed the most virulent, utterly savage disease our world had ever seen. We prayed to our gods, said goodbye to our loved ones, and waited for the inevitable. Then they came, great transports, thousands of them, dropping soldiers into the centers of the most heavily infected areas, armed with projectile weapons, armored in plaster steel and wearing heavy-duty respirators. They cut impressive figures as they dropped. We watched from our safe rooms as the frost few uninfected places as they moved in, brutal, efficient, calm. They mowed down swarms, using well-placed headshots to kill, doing with one shot what it had taken us fifty rounds to do. I met one of them once. It was a female, tall, very tall, but lithe and agile. She moved like a predator. They were beautiful, you know. When she removed her respirator to talk to us, I was reminded of the old stories, the ones of the grand desires told us about. 
of elves, graceful beings, equal parts indomitable warriors and artful muses. She told me not to worry, that other species had made the same mistakes. Her own, in fact. She said that in our own world such plagues had been written about for hundreds of years. She got embarrassed. Turns out the pandemic on her world was caused on purpose by some lunatic who wished to usher in an apocalypse. They had the country cleared within a week, and they were gone as soon as the job was done. And now we realize that, for our genetic faults, we have nothing to worry about. Her face, the elves, have had more than their fair share of same trials that we face, the same illnesses, disasters, the same struggle to be accepted by the tertiary council. And now they run it, galactic peacekeepers, the strongest force in the universe, pioneers of science, peerless in war and unmatched in the arts. They saved us. Her name? Gloria. I think it means victory. That's how they are. Their names declare their intent, the way they live. We are forever indebted to them. Their real name? Humanity. My name for them? Angels. End of story number two.